0: Some God, my God, is it all?
1: we lift up your name jesus we lift up your name jesus we lift up your
2: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. How great he is. How wonderful to be together in his house. Thank you for your presence today. If you're a guest, we especially take a moment to say thank you for coming to worship with us here at Church on the Hill today. Those that have joined us, Facebook Live and KTHS Radio, online, we appreciate you're joining us for service this marvelous day. Well, today I'm going to be sharing with you on a subject that uh, it's not kind of one of the blue plate specials. It's a smorgasbord. I'm going to give you several things to think about, and then you can just pick and choose what you want. <laughs> So, that's nothing new. That's what I do all the time with you. Well, I'm going to really give you an opportunity on it today. By the way, you know how things can be interpreted? Look at this beautiful red light. To the lovers, it means love, Valentine's. To another group, it's... <laughs> See? So I, I take it that we're a winner either way. And that's kind of how it is with the, the message I want to share with you today. I'm going to share with you out of First Kings, building strong relationships. I thought especially at this special time of the year when, you know, we embark on a remarkable week ahead of us for flower shops and candy stores, that it's really a good time to stop and consider how important relationships are. Relationships among all facets of life and living. And so I just want to share several things with you today on tools that can be used to build a stronger relationship and how important it is Barna did a study, and here was the conclusion of their report. Most adults under 30, 75%, believe that it is either hard or impossible to have a good, lasting marriage these days. I want to tell you hard, yeah. Impossible, no. But we are dealing with a realism in the mind of the younger generation that says there's a lot of impossibility there. But it's not impossible. I want to address some life applications this morning and hopefully they can help build some faith and life connections that will help you in your journey to build a stronger relationship. Now, stronger relationship covers many areas of relationships and I want you to understand that it's not just a marriage relationship, but it is marriage relationship. It is family relationship. And it all works together. But I want to read a story to you from 1 Kings chapter 12. I'm reading from the message because I just like how it says it. And it's a little bit lengthy, so bear with me, but it sets the stage for what I want to talk about this morning. Rehoboam traveled to Shechem, where all Israel had gathered to inaugurate him as king. Jeroboam had been in Egypt where he had taken asylum from King Solomon when he got the report of Solomon's death. He'd come back. Rehoboam assembled Jeroboam and all the people. And they said to Rehoboam, your father made life hard on us, worked our fingers to the bone. Give us a break. Lighten up on us and we'll willingly serve you. Give me three days to think it over and then come back, Rehoboam said. King Rehoboam talked it over with the elders who had advised his father when he was alive, what's your counsel? How do you suggest I answer the people? They said, if you will be a servant to this people, be considerate of their needs and respond with compassion, work things out with them, they'll end up doing anything for you. But he rejected the counsel of the elders, and he asked the young men he'd grown up with, who were now currying his favor, what do you think? What should I say to these people who are saying, give us a break from your father's harsh ways. Lighten up on us. The young Turks he'd grown up with said, these people who complain, your father was too hard on us, lighten up. Well, tell them this, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. You think life under my father was hard. You haven't seen the half of it. My father thrashed you with whips. I'll beat your body with chains. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people showed up just as Rehoboam had directed when he said, give me three days to think it over and come back. The king's answer was harsh and rude. He spurned the counsel of the elders, and he went with the advice of the younger set. If you think life under my father was hard, you haven't seen the half of it. My father thrashed you with whips, but I'll beat you bloody with chains. Now, it's an important story. Not really a very pretty story, is it? Solomon had died. Rehoboam was Solomon's son. He became king at 41. Solomon had been abusing the people. People went to Rehoboam. They asked for relief. Jeroboam came with them. He had been a leader under Solomon, but Rehoboam told the people he'd get back with them in three days. So he consulted with the elders who had advised Solomon. And Solomon's advice from, or Solomon's elders' advice to him was, give the people a break. Serve the people. They will serve you but he also consulted with those that he grew up with. They said, don't ease uh, be more demanding and brutal. People rebelled after the answer, and Israel split. Rehoboam fled to uh, Jerusalem. Jeroboam became king of ten tribes, and Rehoboam was king of two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. This story is about how relationships can become very clear complicated and even have tragic results so i want to share some life's journey discoveries through many years of study and experience <laughs> i don't necessarily like the experience part that i found to be true but especially at this valentine's time to consider on your life's journey. Opinions that I'm going to share with you today may be thought-provoking and hopefully will stir some minds to take some actions in some ways. So that's the reason I say I'm going to throw several out there. Just take one or two of them, three, four. Just consider them, okay? Number one, don't marry who you can live with, but marry who you cannot live without. Now, this especially goes to young people, <laughs> but to all people, really. If you're considering marriage, you need to understand this. Just don't marry someone you can live with because the first is conditional, but the second is absolute. Just can't live without them. Well, that's a pretty good opinion. That's pretty good advice, wouldn't you think? All two of you agree with me. That's two more than I had when I started. <laughs> Number two, no two people agree on everything unless one of them is dead. <laughs> That's the truth. So, agree to disagree gracefully. Okay? to disagree but it's it's okay to disagree but it's not okay to become disagreeable okay you see all conflict can produce intimacy or division you choose furthermore forgiveness can be extended in the absence of an apology You choose. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is commanded, but reconciliation is conditional. You choose. It takes more intelligence to be one who encourages than one who criticizes. You choose. You see, we have a lot of choices to make, don't we? Matthew five: nine in the message. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. <laughs> That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Number three: a marriage or any relationship. That allows anger to accumulate is headed for hard times. Anger is a strong feeling of displeasure. Wrath is long term anger. Wrath suggests a feeling of getting revenge. So if you close the day with unresolved anger, the next day is going to start the journey toward wrath. You choose. Ephesians 4.26 from the message. Go ahead and be angry. Hallelujah. I'm being scriptural. <laughs> you do well to be angry. I'm just following the book. But you've got to follow the whole verse. But don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. I think the message preaches the point quite well. Number four, one of the real killers of marriage and relationships is that we think the other person is responsible for our happiness or like thereof. Your happiness or your sadness is not because of what others do or don't do. It is what you make out of it. There's very little security in trusting your happiness in the hands of another. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 of the message. <clears throat> don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns before you know it. A sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. I like that. says, And it'll settle you down. I don't know about you, but I've had some times in life I needed a little bit of settling down. The giggle was an amen. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Another one. Conflict must be creative. Conflict is neither good or bad. It's pretty neutral, really. It's how you handle conflict That inflicts great pain. Marriage and family need not be a battlefield. But woe to the man who expects it to be a bed of roses. (laughs) Because we need to all time remember that in the involvement of living life. That we never forget the importance of patience. Long-suffering and being proactive not reactive you see the sign of a spiritually mature church a spiritually mature family a spiritually mature marriage a spiritually mature friendship is the willingness to resolve disagreements and i read this one and it took me a little by surprise number 6 many times marriage is like a bird dealing with a cage Birds inside the cage seem to always want out. Birds outside the cage seem to always want in. (laughs) It really boils down to this, young people, especially those of you in dating years. If you're unhappy dating, you'll be unhappily married. (laughs) Marriage number seven takes more than 50-50. A healthy marriage is 100% given. Nothing withheld. Right or happy, (laughs) it's our choice. You know, sometimes we have a difficulty being happy and and right. (laughs) But we always must keep a servant's attitude in the midst of it all. I said right up front, you didn't have to take all of these. So you just, if you find something you want to take home, take it. If, if I don't hit one thing you can receive, come back next Sunday and I'll try again. <laughs> okay? Number eight, I, if I'd have told you I had this many points, you'd have been scared to death, wouldn't you? <laughs> to win the argument and lose a friend is stupidity. That's kind of sobering, isn't it? You know, if we must argue, we need to plan where the other person wins. The reason is a throat cut in two will never feed your stomach. Think about that. So we need to approach arguments with the attitude... I may not be able to make this situation better, but I don't have to make it worse. I'll bite my tongue and keep my comments to myself. Sometimes that's the best approach. If you've spilled the gasoline, don't throw the match on it. (laughs) Number nine. For every negative comment made, you must give five positive compliments. Because it's easier to tear down than it is to build up. Criticism is often the death gurgle of the dying. Philippians 4.8 of the message says, Summing it all up, friend, I'd say, you'll do best by filling your mind's and meditating on things true noble reputable authentic compelling gracious the best not the worst the beautiful not the ugly things to praise not things to curse see we choose so many times the side that we want to be on let's choose the good <clears throat> Which leads us to relationships united will stand, divided, they will fall. Why? Because unity gives strength. Unity of the hearts, unity of the hands, unity of dreams brings about positive results. So we need to stay unified. You know why? because a banana taking off the bunch is getting ready to be peeled. (laughs) Just think about that. I'd say you'll think about that point at the next bunch of bananas you get. (laughs) That's the reason you want to stay tight. (laughs) Mark chapter 3. I'll move on. I'm sorry. (laughs) Mark chapter 3, verse 25 of the message. Does it make sense to send a devil, to catch a devil, to use Satan to get rid of Satan? A constantly squabbling family disintegrates anybody in our audience this morning related in any way to the Hatfields and McCoys yeah, there, there's some that it goes back into some of the roots of, of this very area what are they known for feuding and fighting yeah do what mean people <clears throat> what were they fighting over a hog a hog and land and they fought for years till they got a bunch of people killed you see unresolved conflict brings a division and it takes years to overcome I think now they finally have buried the hatchet and officially did it and all those things right But they will always be known as the fight and feud in Hatfields McCoys through all these years. So it goes deeper than just us, our generation. But We can break it. Amen? Amen. Number 11, to do everything the same old way in the same old place at the same old time is going to become a death trap. You see, the bait of not planning things can result in a dying relationship. In The Romance Factor, Alan McGinnis wrote on Christmas Day. His wife's, Diane's, present for me was just an envelope. But inside of the envelope was a savings account passbook in which were recorded little deposits she had been making secretly all year. $7.50 here, $5 there. and She had been able to... Uh, Save a little here and save a little there. And he said, without my knowing, she'd been saving all year to give me a ski trip for Christmas. And when she handed me the passbook, the account had added up to $1,200. So in January, we left our furniture-free living room behind and had a glorious 10 days in Utah. We ate shrimp until we couldn't walk. We skied to powdered snow. We drove to Salt Lake City to hear... The Mormon Tabernacle Choir rehearsed one cold night. We laughed passionately, absorbed together all the beauties there were to see in one week. The furniture of the living room could come later, and it did, but opportunities to witness each other's joy at a fresh snowstorm would never come again in just that fashion. During that week, I thought about all those months of Diane's planning for this, the lunches she'd skipped, the sales she'd passed up. Here was the thing that meant the most. She had occupied many scattered moments during the year, scheming and planning for something she knew would make me happy. Sometimes it's the little things that add up to be the big things. Number 12, don't plan your future by using your past. comes a time that you have to close the door on the past. One time someone came to Jesus with with what appeared on the surface to be a very reasonable request. And Jesus responded in a way that on the surface may have seemed a little bit harsh, a little cold, and and even a little bit over the top. But he was only being gut-level honest in a real-life practical situation with the man who had come to him. That's because this man was wanting to do something that simply can't be done. He was wanting to move north and south at the same time. And that's just not possible. Many of us know the truth of the story because we've tried that. Doesn't work ever, does it? It's in Luke 9, in verse 61, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but... Let me first go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. What he's meaning by that, as long as you're saying, not now, but first, maybe later, that's the problem. You're never going to get around to doing what you know you need to do. And sometimes that just means you have to close the door on the past and you put it behind you and leave it there. 13, we have to realize that the mouth can become a death trap, so guard your words. Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37, let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. Number 14, we live in a push-shove world. We like to see people with a push. But really, is not the better attitude to pull? Instead of selfish pushing, we need to have a better attitude of pulling with and for one another. Of bearing one another's burdens. Galatians 6 2 of the message. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. If you think you're too good for that, you're badly deceived. Remember Rehoboam? The people rebelled. They fought against him. If you go to the 12th chapter, verse 19 of the NIV, it says, So Israel had been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. Why? Because Rehoboam chose not to serve the people. Instead, he desired to be served. Here's the truth that we have to realize that is for all of us. Marriage And family are a training ground for service. They really are service to God, service to one another, and service to those you love. Because no one ever enters into a life of service by accident, it's by choice. Our natural tendency is really to focus on other things. Martin Luther King said, not everybody can be famous, but everybody can be great because greatness is determined by service. See, I think we can have great relationships if we determine that we will serve. And that relationship involved many aspects of life and living. Not just the marriage, not just church and family, but all of our relationships. How can I build it to be stronger and stronger? I'm closing with this statement. Rick, if y'all would come. Booker T. Washington said this A lie doesn't become truth. Wrong doesn't become right and evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by a majority I believe that's true especially in the day that we live let's establish our walk in truth let's establish our walk in right let's establish our walk in good Let's be that that our world needs. If you haven't received Christ as your Savior, I would never want to not give you an opportunity. I will give you that opportunity this morning. If you haven't made a decision to follow Christ, I would love to pray with you to receive Christ as your personal Savior because that's really the start of building great and strong relationships is based on your relationship with Jesus Christ to receive him as your Savior. If you haven't received him, please come for prayer today. If you have a special need, you're invited also to come for prayer. Let's worship together.
0: All my words fall short. I've got nothing. stood me. So what can I say?
1: So oh.